0: Welcome to the Flight of Fancy bonus episode. We're privileged to have uh, the co-founder of Intrepid Travel, Jeff Manchester, here with us. So we thought we would uh, ask him a few questions about his life and about uh, travel in general, uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll take it from there. So Jeff, welcome back. Great to have you. Pleasure. Um, now now tell me, how did you first get into travel? How was how did this
1: become your life? I suppose. Well, one of the real dilemmas in life is that as a traveller, you've sometimes got lots of time and no money, like when you're a classic backpacker. Yeah. Yeah. But then you have um lots of money and no time if you 've right. got a job Yes, yeah, very true <laughs> and uh my business partner Daryl and i uh were we're backpackers ourselves, mm-hmm. and we thought there must be a bit of a niche in the market yeah. f- in between those two and yeah. so we created intrepid to um to appeal i guess to people who who weren't confident enough to go backpacking because yep. we thought these people aren't confident enough to go backpacking. What do they do in their travel lives? Do they just get to resort, go to resorts their whole lives? Yeah, right. Do... Is
0: that the, the product that was around at that point in time? Was Is that
1: what your options were? Oh, well, pretty much. It was a little bit of adventure travel. Yeah. But, but even then, uh, the adventure travel then was full-on adventure but also full-on luxury. Yeah. And we wanted to create a style of travel that was much more – um, similar to what backpackers do, but not, you know, that really scummy backpacker thing you tend to do yeah, when you've yeah. got no money, but above that, but very much about experience, experiencing a country as it really is. Yeah. You know, using public transport, staying in those family-run ho- hotels and guest houses yeah. um, and not being isolated as tourism can be.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. What was your personal, your first trip away overseas? Can you, so, can you remember that?
1: Oh, yeah, most certainly. So it was yeah. actually, ironically, with Daryl, we just, we went to university together. Right. And we finished university and we went, travel, did the classic um, Europe trip for three months in, yep. in, the, in the winter. Right, okay. And then we had a URL and we just travelled many, many, many miles on trains, sleeping yep. on trains to save money yep. and, and travelled all around Europe for three months. Right, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, what, and obviously you were hooked after that experience. So I was
1: hooked after that. And I guess my first... Um, uh travel experience after that that really got me into this idea of taking people travelling in Asia was um I did a quite a long trip really starting in Singapore going up through uh Malaysia to Thailand and then flying over to Nepal and India and doing a bit of um China as well yeah. and it was during that time that you know the idea sort of started fermenting I think yeah and do you still get to travel a lot uh I say no, but we, if it's someone in the, who's not in the travel industry, I think they look at you really strange when yeah. you say, I've only been overseas half a dozen times this year right. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, yes, I, I guess I do. And, uh, my youngest, uh, child finished school last year. So mm. suddenly it, it opens the door. Right. And so okay. my wife and I went traveling for 10 weeks earlier this year. Yeah. So, right. okay. And, and we've sure. doing that, not necessarily that long, but <laughs> doing more regular travel. So it, it'll continue. Yeah, yeah. Right. How has the travel world changed, do you think, since you first started? set off? Uh, I think it's actually got much easier because and, and I, I guess I'm uh, thinking of Asia and uh, I'm, I'm sure it reflects the rest of the world, but in Asia um, they're so good at uh, providing services that um, travellers need yeah. that it has become much easier. Yep. Um, and just they're, they're much more used to, to seeing people there as, as tourists, I guess. Must well. Yes, that's that's right. Yep. But, but things in um, I remember uh, travelling in Malaysia and it was 1987 and you couldn't buy a map Right And I think yeah. it was still a security thing Because <laughs> they still had issues with um, uh, communists in the jungle right. You couldn't buy a map um, and that wasn't that bad because you had a lonely planet helping you yep. Um. but but just uh. you know the number of trains the number of bus services and things just weren't there and they were harder to find out yeah, about right. and,
0: and, and so yeah I mean the, the internet has changed everything well
1: yeah, absolutely <laughs> yes that's right
0: all of a sudden you have every bit of information you could possibly need at your fingertips that's right yeah. and should.
1: I guess that um, takes away a bit of the challenge yeah and yeah. you know you're much less likely to go wrong I mean because a number of times I've Jumped on a bus to go to one place, and you end up in another place. It sounds quite similar. You just got the tone a bit wrong, and so you end up somewhere like else. The people who
0: flew to Sydney, Nova Scotia instead of well, Sydney, Australia. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, it, but does that mean that people are maybe going to more adventurous destinations now because they can find out more about it before they get there?
1: Um, they probably, yeah. I, mean, I think you've got two two um, challenging things because you've got that ability to find out about more. Uh, more way out places, but you've still got this focus on icons, and people still want right. to do the icons, yep. and you know, and you have so many lists of things that now that that people want to want to go and see. So, yep. so there there you get a struggle between those two, yeah.
0: And and even particular photos on Instagram are driving tourism. Apparently, you know, people want to get that shot. That they've seen so many times, and that's that's a, a big change.
1: Yeah, and people go to places, and all they're interested in is is the good shot, not yep. not appreciating the beauty of the place yeah, that you're, right. you're visiting and taking it taking it in. Yeah, yeah.
0: have have you have you guys and, and intrepid in general have you found that travellers their desires or, or their needs have changed over the last sort of twenty or thirty years or so? Uh, their needs their
1: needs. Haven't really changed, but I guess um, as consumers, they're much, much more aware of their rights. You've just got to make sure that you're providing everything that you've said that you're going to be providing. Yeah. much more clearly than, than it was before. They had yeah. a bit more flexibility. Yeah. yeah.
0: I found, I, I worked on tours for a little while, not for Intrepid, but for a different company, and I found that increasingly passengers were, were sort of not so willing to roll with the punches, you know, yes. not not so forgiving when things go wrong, which they yes. do when you're on the road. That's right. But they want everything to work like the itinerary because that's what it says on in the brochure.
1: Yeah. But having said that, we've just released a trip that um, we've said uh, starts in Uzbekistan and finishes in Mongolia. And it takes, I'm not sure, 20 days. Do you want to come? We, and, and we got flooded with people yeah, wanting right, to do okay. that.
0: Yeah, I found that the, the expedition series that you guys have been doing yeah. really interesting because it does seem like a very old school way of doing a, a tour, a group tour.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so I guess it's not as though, um, you know, everyone has become softer in their style of travel. There's still those hardcore people out there. They're probably just a, a smaller proportion of, of travellers because, yep. you know, such a high proportion of the population travels now.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. And, what, what are some of your favourite destinations that are maybe flying under the radar a little bit that, that you think more people should be going to? Uh,
1: there's two in particular, um, and they're sort of short-term flying under the radar, and that's Egypt and Turkey. Right, okay, and, yeah. And, you know, Egypt's been off the, off the trail for probably... Seven Eight years since the Arab Spring, and, yep. and Turkey for three years, mm-hmm. and this year they're starting to, you know, show signs of, of people getting interested again, and and I think um, uh, next year they'll be not back to normal, but much more popular. But it's a really good time to go because again, uh, any country that has been difficult to go to um, once it opens up. Everyone there is so much more welcoming than, yeah, than, right. than normal. Yeah. You, you end up with an amazing experience. Yeah.
0: And, and I've heard stories of people now going to Egypt and, and you know, moving around the, the Great Pyramids and, and the Sphinx with just nobody else around them. And compared to the experience I had where they were just, you know, oh, shoulder to shoulder. Yes. But...
1: You can go to the Great Pyramid and take photographs and there's not a tourist in the photograph, which is just unbelievable compared yeah, right. to what it's traditionally like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you go down to Aswan and there's boats hundreds of boats moored. they're not working so it's really exciting that the industry is getting going again yeah. because it's very important
0: yeah I, I haven't been to Turkey in a few years but I know you know it was really it was a major mainstream tourist is, destination yes. and, then yeah. all, and then all and then of a sudden it just dropped off yeah uh, which is yeah. a sad thing but yeah. um, let's talk about you personally which which destinations which countries do you think have, have changed you the most or affected you the most
1: uh, I guess the one that's probably affected me the most is Thailand yeah and and that was because um, when I started traveling uh in Asia myself I went to Singapore, Malaysia Which which were fine, really interesting But then Thailand was so much more exotic It yeah, just right, sort of okay. blew my mind But then when we started Intrepid I was the leader for Intrepid Which yep. was in Thailand Right and so I spent quite a bit of time there and got to know the country and the people really well. And, yep. and that really had a big impact on me because they're um, a very proud nation because they were never colonised mm-hmm. and the Buddhism's a really uh, important part of yep. their, their society and, you know, the people are just so welcoming, the food, and everything's fantastic about yeah. And so, any
0: particular areas that, that you'd recommend there?
1: Yeah, well, lots of them, I guess. Right. But, but probably... Um, uh, Places that are less Mm well-known because, you know, um, Thailand has this bit of an image problem because people see it as being overrun with tourists. Right. When it's not, like Phuket's overrun with tourists and Bangkok has lots of tourists, probably Chiang Mai. But there's lots of places you can go, there's just no tourists. So, you know, somewhere like... Oh, I'm just trying to think of the name of it. Um, out west from Chiang Mai. Um, oh yeah, okay. Um, Mae M- Hong Son, Hong Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that's uh, out near the Burmese border, and it's yeah, just right. magical area. Um, much less development, good trekking to do. Yeah. Um, slightly different food, so it's really interesting. Yeah. Um. So and there's yeah lots of places around Thailand that yeah. like the whole well the whole of northeast of Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've only been to. Uh, parts of it, but it's yep. a very, very big area. and yeah. No
0: tourists ever go there. It's the isan region. Isan, is yeah. yeah, yeah, which yeah.
1: has its own individual
0: cuisine and, and, and culture. Yeah, yeah, really mm. interesting place. Yeah. Which countries do you think are going to be big coming up? So you know, so what are the next big things in travel? Uh,
1: putting you know the the insecurity of politics aside, I just can't help thinking Iran's got to be because yeah. that's sort of probably number one on my list of wanting to go to because yeah. uh, intrepid takes. Not for that many people to Iran, but everyone is just so passionate about it when they get back. Yeah. They just love it. Yeah. Um, so I think that... I'm one of those people. I think I, people have started making fun of me now because I talk
0: about it so often. Right. <laughs> it is yeah. a really amazing country. And, and yeah, I think, you know, there'll be have to be some political changes to, to make it into a mainstream destination. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but it yeah. deserves to be. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Um, I guess uh, 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 the whole of Central Asia... Yep. Is, is really developing for tourism and coming becoming easier, and it's that thing that people have all travelled so much more that they're looking for different places to go, and I think Central Asia will be will be a very uh, important one eventually. Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: Are there challenges for the travel industry at the moment? Do you do you see any any major? Oh, there's always then? challenges for the yeah. travel industry because
1: yep. um, it only takes the president a president of the USA to declare war on Iran and the yep. whole industry stops. Right. Yeah. Um. But hopefully that won't happen. But it's more things. Um, over-tourism is the, the biggest issue Yeah, now. I was going to talk to you about that, actually. And it, it is. I mean, it's not a problem that seems like it's going to go away, is it? No, it won't go away because yeah. um, tourism's growing at 6% a year and will continue to grow at that rate, if not more. Yeah, right. Um, as more Chinese or more Asians generally, the Indians, start travelling more um the numbers is just is just bonkers really yeah and so it, it, it's going to become more and more of an issue and it's not a future issue it's really his his now because yep. in barcelona they have demonstrations against tourism yeah um, venice, venice had all is, sorts of problems as well yeah they've yeah. made special routes you can and can't go yeah. so you know for us we're really focusing on uh, encouraging people to go in off seasons because off seasons are often just as good with, yep. they're different, but they're just yeah, as good. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I was in Rome in January and it was spectacular. It right. was so nice. Yep. It was, you know, beautiful weather, hardly any people around, yep. you know, you know, just Romans kind of living their normal That's lives right. rather
1: than fighting off tourists. That's right, yeah. Oh. And, and really, um, if you know what the climate's going to be like, it doesn't ma- matter yeah. at all because, I mean, people come to Australia and go to um, Alice Springs in 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 the hot season right. because that's when they can go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so there's that aspect of it, um, and the other thing is to to um, get people to realise that the icons aren't the only place to go. To really right. put a big effort into getting people away from those iconic places. Yeah, right. How
0: do you do that? Is are there? I mean, for for some for someone like Intrepid, are there steps that you guys can take to, to help with that? Uh,
1: yeah. I guess it's really talking about um uh. Things that you can do that, that aren't in the that aren't in those really popular places. Right, yeah. Um, Some sometimes...
0: people, people still want that that Barcelona yeah, a, experience. That yeah, and it experience. might be
1: going to those places for a quick visit. Yeah. And then getting out and going somewhere else. And it'll yeah. be it'll be the Barcelona or in China it'll be the Great Wall that attracts people. Yeah. But when you go out to the far west, that's what people really love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, we are running out of time, but I want to ask you: what's what's a way of, we've we've sort of talked about over What's a way that people can be better travellers? How can, how can they be a good traveller? Basically, what are, uh,
1: a, what are a few simple steps? Yeah, it's very easy to be a good traveller. Is to um. Uh, Try and read a bit about a country before you go, but that's often very hard because we're all too busy. But certainly while you're traveling, read a bit about the country. Try and le- learn at least a few wo- words of their language. Yep. So that you're conversing and saying, asking for things and saying thank you in their language. Mm-hmm. Um, being aware of um, uh, their cultural norms around things like how you dress, going to a cathedral or a Buddhist temple or a Muslim mosque, yep. those sorts of things. Yep. Um, and the other one that's really important is... Uh, don't engage is anything to do with wild animals right okay yep. and that's one that we're really passionate about yeah. we started off so with elephants riding elephants right, not riding elephants yep. but now there's the you know the canned hunting in, in Africa Yeah. Um, and obviously the big one is the dolphins and whales in, in aquariums so, right. so wild animals out yep mm. okay excellent
0: well Jeff Manchester really appreciate your time thanks for joining pleasure us. Uh, of course if you'd like to learn more about Intrepid you can go to intrepidtravel.com uh, and to subscribe to Flight of Fancy go to iTunes or your favourite podcasting app we'll see you next time on Fly Defense.